you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I'm Oliver Banks, your host and your guide to successfully delivering retail transformation. Welcome to episode 113. Thanks for tuning in as always. This episode is coming out on the 21st of December. And I have to be honest, the recent changes in the UK have actually caused me to shuffle around the podcast schedule a little bit. I was actually going to deliver a slightly different episode today, but I'm mixing it up because, frankly, the world is a highly volatile place and the changes in the UK that we've seen over the past few days have really proved that. You know, we continue to face uncertainty. We continue to face a period of change that we've never seen before, frankly. And that provides challenges for us as an industry, for our companies, and for us individually as well. But to become more resilient to all of these challenges and more, we must start to think more strategically. We must start to disrupt how we approach a certain situation. And actually, we must start to plan for multiple future scenarios. But often, these multiple future scenarios can be difficult. They can be inconvenient and frankly, they can just be plain uncomfortable. So what do we decide to do? Well, we decide to find a reason why that wouldn't happen and put that to the side and just forget about it. Proper head in the sand moment. But I think 2020 has taught us all that we can't just keep our head in the sand any longer. So in today's episode, we're going to be looking at some techniques that you can use for disruptive thinking in a volatile world. And for you, I'm really excited to pull out a session from Retail Transformation Live back in July. And this was a session on disruptive thinking by Dr. Jackie Mulligan. And I really hope that this is going to help you to prepare for 2021 and beyond, and ultimately give you a different way of thinking about the future and how you must transform and disrupt yourself and your wider business to be more secure, more resilient, and ultimately more successful as well. So if you don't know Dr. Jackie Mulligan, you may remember her from episode 104, in fact. But she is the founder and CEO of shopappy.com, which is a digital platform to help local businesses showcase and sell their products and their services online, creating a digital local place, if you will. Prior to founding shopappy.com, Jackie was a principal lecturer and director of enterprise in Leeds. Plus, she also has a PhD in social psychology and creativity, where in her research, she discovered, I suppose, the importance of mental health and well-being before it came a big thing, and that It can all be driven through experience and community and behavior. So Jackie has a great understanding, a really deep understanding, in fact, of the thought processes required for innovation, for creativity, and ultimately for disruption as well. So that's why she was absolutely perfect to do this session at Retail Transformation Live, and why I was so keen to actually pull this particular session out for you today, because 
if you're feeling a little bombarded by everything going on right now, if you're feeling a little under the cosh with the pressure on and you just don't know where to turn, and perhaps you're thinking about 2021 and that makes you nervous or it makes you unsure, then this is the episode for you right now. So buckle up and get ready for Dr. Jackie Mulligan. Now, this workshop was an interactive session, which doesn't translate so well to a podcast, I'll be honest. (laughs) So I've cut it up a little bit and we're going to be jumping through it to keep the time zone slightly more condensed. But if you would like to watch the full uninterrupted session, then head over to the show notes page at obandco.uk slash 113. And you'll also be able to find all of Jackie's contact information if you'd like to reach out to her about shophappy.com or about anything else as well. So without further ado, here is Dr. Jackie Mulligan talking about disruptive thinking. I am Jackie and I uh, did found an innovative platform that tried to reimagine and ask the question, what if, what if? Uh, our places could level up the playing field. What if small businesses could join together? But I'm not here to talk about that. Prior to uh, being Shop Happy, I uh, was actually got a PhD in creativity. It was actually whilst doing my PhD, uh, you know, when you're trying to get out of writing a thesis, right? That's when your brain gets into the most creative spaces that the idea for Shop Happy actually emerged. <laughs> but um, anything to get out of doing it. Um, so it well, relates actually, back to the session before where Steve Dennis was talking about the resistance. That feels like the resistance. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go down here. <laughs> I was I was fascinated about what makes people creative. What what how how do ideas emerge? How do we come up with different ways of thinking? And we t- tend to kind of deify people who come up with the most amazing creative ideas. But when I used to lecture, I used to lecture at university. My view was that creativity is in all of us. It's just bashed out of us generally. And uh, there are lots of techniques we can use to get a create, you know, to get more creative. I did a piece of research that looked at people's attendance at events. So you today, Ollie, have inspired people. You've it, it, you've brought people together with different backgrounds, different countries. You've challenged perspectives, all of these things. And how does that make it creative? Well, I looked at live event experiences, how traditional, um, and looked at events in America and uh, Europe, the UK, and looked at how people went through those events, how they could be designed, and looked at a lot of creativity research. So there's a lot of things we can do to be creative. I'm going to introduce you to a few techniques. You are right, Ollie. We're in a very strange time. In a moment of uncertainty, it's like being in fog. We don't know uh, what's going to happen next. And it sometimes becomes very difficult to focus on anything at that point. But prior to COVID, I found myself attending lots of uh, lots of events about future thinking. And my background was also doing lots of future trends research. So I marry the two in this session. That's kind of what we're trying to do is disrupt the thinking. Because my frustration, Ollie, and I wasn't very good at keeping quiet about it, was why the hell is everybody so linear in their thinking? You know, mm. people come up, don't they? And they're, oh, I'm a futurologist. Let me tell you how it's going to be. As if everybody <laughs> has got agency in creating their own future, in shaping their own future. And as I think if, it's really uh, interesting, just, just riffing off that, Jackie. And you see that quite a lot at the moment with... Um, with these e-commerce graphs, right? It's like, I can draw a straight line and I think e-commerce is going to go, oh, I'm a big believer in using data to drive insight and to drive action. But actually, some of it is just 
so obvious it doesn't need stating and you know growth of e-commerce is, is one of those things obviously we've got this kink up at the moment but we could have guessed that when shops are shut right we could have guessed it but also with there's a dangerous assumption that just because something is happening now that it continues uh, you know we tend to you know assume it's linear it's not covid has to be an example of that doesn't it who saw that mm. coming no future perspectives i saw last year were telling me about a global pandemic so the, the art of creative thinking and disruptive thinking and future thinking are all blended together. They're about challenging some of our assumptions. So back out of this interactive session from Retail Transformation Live, the next exercise was to think about what you are certain about in the next 10 years. But equally, think about what are you certain about in the next year? If you're feeling that we are living in a highly volatile world and you just don't know what is around the next corner, Either pick a 10-year period or a one-year period. What are you certain about? Take a moment. In fact, why not pause the podcast? Take a moment and write it down. Unless you're driving, of course, stay safe. But think of something. Think of something very clear that you are certain about. Let's go back to Jackie now. My certainty might be um, that people will continue to support local, right? Mm. And uh, what that's doing is actually it's me and it's you guys either saying something that you think is inevitable or you're saying something that you really want to be true, like retail will survive. So the only way you can disrupt your thinking is by challenging yourself to think the opposite. So just looking at, um, I don't know, retail will survive, retail won't survive. I bet Edward, who suggested that, could think of at least two or three reasons why the opposite of what he thinks would be true. So think of the opposites. Think of some of the reasons why retail will not continue. It's not going to be comfortable, but you have to be able to engage with something that you don't want to happen. Otherwise, you're always going to be surprised when those things do happen. So take a moment. Again, maybe pause the podcast if you want. What are some of the reasons why retail would not survive? What would be a cause of that? Not necessarily tomorrow, but over the next 10 years, let's say. I'll hand over to Jackie once again. The problem we have in our brains is we're fixed in a certain mindset and we are fixed in a certain way of doing things. And some people call it a paradigm. Somebody answered a phone once to paradigm consulting, bit of an aside here. Used to answer the phone, paradigm. Anyway, uh, paradigms <laughs> are, they fix us in a box of what we're certain about, what our beliefs are, all of the things we've got reference, references point, points to. If you want to be creative, you have to engage with the opposite. You have to engage with alternative perspectives. You have to imagine that what you're saying is wrong. And do you know, people are more creative who ask for help. People are less creative when they give help. Because every time mm. somebody comes up to you, Ollie, and says, hey, Ollie, can you help me with my business and my retail or, or the way I do my products or how I serve my customers, whatever it is, you are reinforced by what you believe. You are reinforced. I know I'm right and this is what I say. When you ask for help, someone enlightens you into another perspective. And that's why events are important, interactions important, and playing with our psyche is important. So you have to engage with alternative perspectives. That was a real powerhouse statement for me personally. And I hope that you can continue to tune in to the podcast 
and engage with some alternative perspectives as well. Maybe today you are challenging yourself and your own thinking, putting yourself out of the comfort zone, because that's where we can truly find breakthroughs, as you're going to continue to discover in the rest of the episode. Let's get back to it. You've got to go to the opposite, I'm afraid. You have to go and count the opposite. It might be uncomfortable. I'll give you an example. Years back, I did a a future, it was called the Future Scenario Spectrogram. And I asked people to consider a future, and it was in travel events and and hospitality. And I said, I want you to imagine a future where people don't fly. Unfortunately, I chose the table that was full of staff from British Airways. So I can't say they were happy with the scenario I gave them. But just imagine now if airlines had even started to counter that opposite future. Perhaps we might be in a better position. They might be more resilient. There are, there are things that maybe could have been prepared for. So disruptive thinking is about thinking of the inevitable, the uncomfortable, the inconvenient, and playing with it. So the important thing is always imagine the opposite of what you think. And all of that lends itself to what scenario uh, thinking is. So I use scenarios as a good way of imagining so so far the last uh, few years i've been in the retail space decades before i was in the event space same old thing generally blokes telling me about what the future was and generally it has one forecast but we all know that futures are plural futures are multi-dimensional multiple futures can exist in one present multiple multiple futures can can exist together So we have to play because if we play with ideas of the future, we can innovate in that space. So as I mentioned, this session with Jackie is from my virtual event to help you transform retail, Retail Transformation Live. And that was the July version, the second version, Retail Transformation Live 2. So at this stage in this interactive session, we then broke out into a bit of a poll, which you're not going to be able to do on this particular medium. But let's go through it anyway. So there are two questions. The first question is, will people do more or less shopping online? So will they shop more online or less online? So think of an answer. And then the second question is, will people shop more in store or less in store? Physical stores, I mean. So think of these two answers. So more or less online and more or less in store. And what we're going to do now is create essentially a two by two matrix. So each of these different answers can be populated out. So shop more online and more in stores, shop more online and less in stores, shop less online and more in stores, or less online and less in stores. I hope you're with me. If you're not, then go over to the show notes page and there's a little graphic there for you, obandco.uk slash 113. So let's just think for a moment with these different quadrants, depending on which answer you gave, you will sit into one of those quadrants. And Jackie gave some great names for these in the session. So if you were more online and more in stores, we're going to call that a consumption society. More online and less in stores, that's basically a virtual world that we're moving towards. Less online and more in stores is a physical renaissance. And less online and less in stores is declining consumption, essentially make do and mend. So when we ran this session live at Retail Transformation Live, the votes from the audience were in and the most popular vote was less in store and more online. So that's the virtual world scenario. 
So I'll pass back to Jackie and the next part of this session. So we had people shop less and more online. This is virtual world scenario. So if you had chosen any other three, these are the kind of trends or the kind of future that you would be envisaging. Virtual world, I think they will shop less in physical stores and more online is kind of what we're seeing in our current world. So next time you see a future thinker who's coming and telling you all about their amazing uh, insights, be aware that most of them are often talking about the present and just assuming a linear narrative. But mm. let's imagine the opposite. People shop more in physical stores and less online. Now, how could that happen? Now, presumably, that a lot of people on the calls today have got an interest in physical stores continuing. So the inevitability of the majority of the retail industry thinking virtual world is now and forevermore means that they don't innovate in a space which imagines the opposite. Mm. How silly is that? Because that just imagines that everything is happening and you have no control or no agency of it, which is nonsense. Is there a world in which you can imagine that people shop more in physical stores and less online? What would the shops have to do to make that happen? What would online have to be? Perhaps we all get a bit upset and annoyed about online retail. Perhaps the overconsumption and the landfill and the giants and the tax evaders and the technocrats and the people in Silicon Valley who might not have our best interests at heart are revealed. Mm. So in 10 years time, actually, we have a generation who grow up going, oh, my parents, they were forever online. I really like the physical <laughs> shop experience. It could happen, right? Mm. So, well, it's funny. I, I, I remember a conversation I was talking about, you know, what's, what's it going to be like in 2030? And I very clearly remember thinking, actually, I think there could be a place where there could be like a big virus, but I was thinking more the other way around, like a computer virus that actually kind of took down yeah. the internet for like months, yeah. like a big internet brownout sort of thing. And I was like, that could really shift things up, but it doesn't feel beyond the realms of possibility it's not beyond the realms is it ollie and we have to engage with that because even now if you in a way is our community is not relying on quite a lot of people going online are we prepared if people went back to physical stores are our physical stores relevant for our communities you know are we are we providing something that people need so in that that element there's a physical renaissance i was i i think there's another feasible one here which is make do and mend mentality mm. people shop less in physical stores and less online so if you look at things like the trend around uh, climate emergency, sustainability, fast fashion, all of those trends, is there not a possibility that people consume less mm. and uh, that we might be dealing with food shortages, and et cetera, and we need to think about less waste. And then we might be using less uh, online because we might be concerned about travel and planet and all of those things. If we get to that point, what is your business? What could you innovate now to prepare for that? What could you innovate now to lead that change if you think that, was a, that might be a better way of working? Mm. And then, of course, we have consumption society where everybody goes crazy and buys it, buys it, buys it. And actually, we've seen some of that happening post-COVID. We've seen uh, revenge consumption. People mm. really wanting to get out and enjoy themselves and uh, consuming. But then what are the long-term impacts? Just before yeah. we move on, let me ask you a question. So, yeah. you know, let's say make, do, amend you know, you could think of some, several different ways that you could, you know, if you were, I don't know, Marks and Spencer's, just picking a, a random retailer out of thin air, 
and you say actually we could do this big make make do or mend why why would it be the right decision to start thinking and investing resources and time and money and people into that right now I'd say there is a there is an, a point to look at the trends that might result in that, and preparedness is absolutely key. But also, there is a trend you're possibly ignoring around people wanting to consume less. In if you're in the Marks and Spencers, if you're doing mm. the fashion side of it, people are going to charity shops, second hands, upcycling, etc. So maybe you're not engaging and innovating in that product space. So why do you assume one trend is going to be linear and the other one might be a fad because the other one's uncomfortable? That's why. So deal with the uncomfortable. If people mm. stop buying fashion, what is it? Maybe you start to rely on the way you're messaging, that your clothes are lasting. If you look at Ecova um, and the latest campaign they're doing in advertising about laundry against landfill, that's a, that's a lesson, isn't it? You've got, you've got, you've got lots more innovators in the space of fashion and saving your wardrobe and reusing and repurposing. Perhaps there's experiential stuff in Marks and Spencers which shows you what to do with your vintage Marks and Spencers frocks. And creates an experience and you still go and buy coffee and enjoy it you know maybe there's a feel good we need to have in our communities and maybe there's a point where you're you as a brand need to lead change positive change for the mm. world maybe that is something we need to think about so all of all of these are ways you so what do you do so you sit you could put any two lines so i just use two dimensions the possibility that online shopping might not continue. Shock horror. I run an online shopping platform. What a blooming disaster. <laughs> but hey, I've got to engage with that, right? Less shopping in physical retail, more shopping in physical retail, you know, of two ends. So think of, your tr think of two trends. You create the cross. You then create scenarios. I came up with popular titles in it. But then you start to engage your brain in imagining that future. Mm. When you engage with imagining the alternative future, you start to think about products. You'll be amazed because you stepped outside your comfort zone of what innovations might come through. Mm. So the ways to think about that. So if we stuck with uh, physical re renaissance, we're going to make you all think of the opposite. It's late at night. Why not? People shop more in physical stores and less online. So you start to think, well, what do I like about that scenario? Mm. Because this goes back to this agency point. Why do we keep on acting as if the future's happening to us? So what do you like? What are the difficulties? Think about what the new requirements are. What would be the new requirements in a world where people buy more in physical stores and less online? Uh, well, it certainly means the online giants might need to think about having physical stores. Mm. Uh, what products and services might not be popular? So if we think back to what might have caused the opposite scenario to happen you might start to think about what products and services may have prompted that change. So you're coming up with a story. You're writing a different story of how this future unfolds. And if you're lucky, you might be the key protagonist that leads it. So what products and services are very popular, but this is where the innovation happens, is what new products and services are possible. possible. And what I'd say in any, any talks on creative thinking, the most important thing about creative thinking is not judging yourself or judging others. Just write ideas. Nothing too, too mad. You can always edit afterwards. Just write ideas. And mm. then afterwards you can evaluate them. But hold off the evaluation because the first bit is if you can get into a zone, you will actually start to get into a sense of flow and you will be able to come up with those creative ideas. How many of us have time to do that? How many of us have time to imagine a different scenario? Do you find that you have time 
to think of different scenarios? Do you really have time? Or do you find yourself rushing from pillar to post? Do, 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 do. I know I certainly find myself in that situation at times. But to really think of all of the different options, you must carve out time for creative thinking, for disruptive thinking. So if you have a challenge with doing that, then that's what Jackie goes into next. The most negative thing you can do to yourself creatively is do something that is what, what we call relentless mindfulness, where you're constantly on tasks, on different tasks going. Now, I'm finding this uh, every day in lockdown, that I'm just going between tasks. Mm. And that relentless mindfulness, I'm checking my phone, that, that drains a creative battery more than anything, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, I'm not putting the phone down. I'm not putting WhatsApp down. I've got my emails coming in. I've got my tasks, got my jobs. I've got my job list. I've got somebody messaging me. I've got a phone call. I've got a Zoom conference. I've got to do this. I'm relentlessly mindful. I don't get space for creativity. And it's tasks that are the issue because I'm switching between tasks. If you, become, if you allow yourself time and become time focused, I'm going to spend 30 minutes doing this. That is going to free you up. So you have to be more time focused and less task focused. And that mm. will give you a moment to sort of spend time playing with scenarios. And if you think about it, we're all in such a disrupted place right now. This is actually vital time for us to get a point of reimagining something afterwards or now, if we just spent the time <clears throat> thinking about it. Relentless mindfulness. I love that term. Now, when thinking about scenario planning, the big opportunity for you is to allow yourself to see things that are not in the present day. You need to look outside your normal world. You need to look outside your circle or sphere of influence. Challenge your own assumptions, your own beliefs. And most importantly, consider that there is not a future. There is not a single one future. It's plural. There are multiple futures. And whichever one we end up with is most likely completely out of our control, unless you happen to be a highly influential person that can influence the entire world. And if that is you, then uh, drop me a line. It'd be great to chat. <laughs> so if the future is largely out of our control, then we must think about what are the different avenues? What are the different options that we could end up with and how we can plan for them? And then what is in our control is the ability to prepare for these different scenarios and continue to challenge your brain to think about the opposite. Think about the inconvenient option, not just what you hope will happen, because that's often the easy path, let's be honest. But how do you creatively think about all of these different elements? I'll pass back to Jackie. Sometimes I used to say to my students on in terms of creative future thinking, <coughs> watch um, a sci-fi Film. If you look at sci-fi films, even if you look at something like Blade Runner, that was uh, the whole futuristic landscape was uh, created by Peter Schwartz, who's an amazing future thinker. And he was getting things that were in a laboratory and putting them into sci-fi films. Go see a modern new sci-fi film and you will see trends that people, dystopian futures often. But then imagine, well, you know, let's play with that. What would happen? What ideas could come out of it? Because you've stretched your imagination, someone helped you do it. In terms of other creative thinking, if I ask people, when do you get your best ideas? When do you get your best ideas? So anyone, when, when do you get your best ideas, Ollie? In the shower. It's a classic. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
for me, uh, it's, it's probably actually after a bottle uh, of wine. <laughs> uh, well, I think I think that's that's yeah, definitely sorry. true for sure. It just gets everything yeah. thinking. But I, I do quite a lot of renovation, so I think it's probably triggered when I'm doing that actually. Yeah. So so triggering doing less mental. So so on point, uh, Ollie. So um, in the shower after a bottle of wine, when running, uh, walking on holiday. Right, all of these are really interesting points. So I was really interested in what, when people get more creative. Well, I get most creative when uh, I'm just lying down and you know trying to get to sleep and just before I drop off, I get, I get an idea or something and I have a little book that I write something because somebody's put sleep. So what happens to your brain? So when you, are, when you are doing something repetitive and boring or when you, your brain is just uh, zoning out, all of the ideas that may be around there, all the connections that you, you have through the day start to come together because you get that moment of relaxation, incubation. Incubation is a key part of a creative process. So giving yourself time to do something boring and repetitive or just having a shower, yeah, that's good anyway, walking or running, freeze your mind up because all you're all you're having to do is focus on doing this and not relentless tasks not relentless mm. mindfulness not checking your social media not not doing anything else um there was a thing we used to do at events where we'd have all these amazing interactive sessions like yours today i mean you, your brain must be fried ollie for the amount of insights <laughs> you've had right you need to go and have a lie down but um what when you're in that sort of process we were always concerned in events that there was never pause for someone to do something and you'd always feel guilty like if you're in an office and you suddenly stare out the window hmm. all your colleagues began what the hell are you doing time to work here get back on that spreadsheet if you look like you're doing something stuff in envelopes no one will disturb you and while you're doing that your mind can be creative so uh, in uh, in these events we do things like uh, you know pack sandwiches for the homeless or create sandwiches for the homeless so everyone would be there doing something really boring and repetitive but you know what? That was when they were processing information. Mm. So uh, in, in uh, engineering, companies have done it where they've seen people that they want to be creative. If they give them exempt time, other workers will disturb them. If they make, say, look busy, but be bored, sweep the floor, do something, more creative ideas will mm. come. We're starting to move towards our conclusion. There are more examples in the full session, which are on the show notes page obandco.uk slash 113. So do head over there if you would like to dive into different types of scenario planning compared to the one that we've touched on today. Back to Jackie as we start to wrap this one up. All I'd say then is just, you know, relentless mindfulness, get out of it, give yourself time, be time focused, not task focused. At some point in the day, give yourself half an hour to maybe dream or do something different. And in terms of being creative, Think about what is triggering your creativity. The other big thing, and it's going to be, it's extremely difficult during lockdown, is we're stuck in very localised environments, sometimes in our own houses, is how, how do you do that? Because a lot of mm. things that are stimulated are around you, you go and you, you see something different. You might walk a different way home. You might uh, take a different journey. And it's amazing what that will do. And how do we do that in lockdown? Mm. A jury's out on that. I have no idea. I think it's really interesting. I'm a big believer in, um, I think about it as like feeding my brain with different types of, of food, different inspirations, different sources of ideas. So it could be from 
going somewhere new. It could be from doing something new or meeting someone new or whatever. It's, it's something new that is inspiration and allows me to sort of proverbially connect the dots. That's what it feels like anyway. Connecting the dots is so true. So again, in the brain, it's a schemata. It's a reference point. So Steve Jobs once said he always felt embarrassed about people saying he was creative. He said creativity is just born out of people who connect connect different experiences i just happen to have had more experiences than other people there's something like that he said and it is about that uh, schemata the reference points what are you drawing on and the more you you consider other things like if you don't like if you've never been to a ballet go to a ballet if you've never gone to if you've learned a different language do something different even i i'm in lockdown what i've done is i've taken cookbooks out that um i haven't you know used for years and I've said right we're going to put seven different things this week and just even that is helping me broaden mm. um, my brain a bit in the in the case of lockdown so I think to join dots and to have more expansive thinking you either have to push yourself to the other it's, it's rather like a bleak strategy another another thing that people may have may or may not have heard of where you pick cards up to prompt another way of thinking there's loads of stimuli you can use to basically make yourself go outside your comfort zone. And we so need to do that right now if we're going to get mm. out of this. I hope you'll agree. This has been a really great session from Jackie Mulligan. And there is one more final delivery of Golden Nuggets. If things aren't being transformed for you, you can be the transformer. It's important that we take our own agency into account in shaping the future. Mm. and disrupt it if you don't like the future in front of you disrupt it be the transformer if you don't like what is in front of you disrupt it and the fact that you are listening to this podcast right now should fill you with loads of confidence because you are feeding your mind with different thoughts you are ready to challenge yourself to challenge your own assumptions to put yourself into the uncomfortable position think about the inconvenient future and ultimately take action do something about it go ahead and as jackie said be the transformer i really hope that this session is helping you to think about what 2021 could hold of course the answer hasn't been in the past few minutes the answer is in your head you've got to think about the trends or considerations think of extremes like we did right at the beginning two options with two outcomes and create a 2 by 2 matrix what could each of those segments mean? How would that work in reality? Which quadrant would you hope to end up in? Which one would you really detest? Which quadrant do you really hope doesn't happen? And then Jackie gave us some great questions to familiarize ourselves with each of those four options in the two by two matrix. You know, what do you like? What do you dislike about each quadrant? What are the difficulties or the challenges what are the new requirements different from today? What products and services would not be popular in that particular future scenario? Equally, which products or services would be very popular? And even what new products and services could be possible? What are the big opportunities in each quadrant? Because they're there. It's a question of whether you find them and take advantage or someone else finds them and take advantage. You must take the time to be creative. Consider that the present is not going to be the future. It's not that linear graph that we described in the session. And consider that your future might not turn out to be the perfect happy ending that you always imagined. Or at least 
not instantly, and perhaps not without you being your best self. And ultimately, if you don't like the future in front of you, once again, this is a power line from Jackie, be the transformer. Disrupt your thinking, disrupt yourself and forge a better future. I would love to hear from you if you've enjoyed this episode today. Do reach out oliver.banks at obandco.uk or find me on LinkedIn, Oliver Banks or Twitter at Ollie underscore Banks, O-L-L-I-E underscore Banks. And you can also find Jackie Mulligan on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Jackie Mulls. And of course, shopappy.com. And do check out the show notes once again, obandco.uk slash 113. And there you will find the contact details for Jackie and myself. So do reach out, particularly on social. Let us know what you think. Let us know what alternative futures you are imagining. It would be amazing to hear from you. And if you've got any questions, of course, as well. I know these are challenging times. I know these are not the times that you had hoped for, but there is absolutely a big opportunity for you here. It may not seem like it's going to happen in the next few days, but start to plan, start to think creatively, start to think expansively and take action. Take action to transform retail, to transform yourself and your wider business as well. Thanks for tuning in to the Retail Transformation Show. Do continue to stay subscribed to the podcast. New episodes come out every single week and I really look forward to joining you on another episode very soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.